Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Well, President, a happy new year. I'm Michael Jakes, and we're here once again with the Sunday Sermon Series. Amen. We're here once again with a word for your heart and for your soul. We pray that all is well uh, with you once again as we, of course, enter into this new year. Amen. Looking forward to the Lord working and moving and doing what only he can do as we keep our eyes on him. Today we are beginning a brand new series, a brand new series entitled Unmerited. Amen. Unmerited. Amen. Amen. And uh, the Lord has been dealing with me concerning this matter of grace. And so for this entire month, uh, each Sunday at this point in time, we are going to talk about grace. Amen. I want to take a fresh look at this grace wherein we stand. Amen. And that's where we're going to be coming from today. Romans chapter five, verses one and two, talking about this grace in which we stand. Amen. We should never, uh, underestimate, uh, the importance and grandeur of grace. Amen. And so we just are blessed and we thank the Lord once again, for giving us an opportunity to open up his word. Amen. We're going to get underway with the word, but first this, and then a word of prayer and right to the word. We'll be right back. today. Once again, we thank you for giving us an opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we thank you for seeing us through another year, allowing us to enter into another year. Uh, Lord, we are blessed to do so, and Lord, we just thank you. And Lord, we pray that for the next few minutes, Lord, that you will be with us. Lord, we pray that you will give us grace and mercy, even as your word goes forth. Uh, Lord, we pray that you will give us clarity of mind and heart. Lord, we pray that as those uh, who will come aboard to hear and to listen and to watch, Lord, we pray that you will also Anoint their ears to hear, anoint their eyes to see, Lord, the wonderful things that you have laid down for us in your word. So, Lord, have your way. Bless us together right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. God is good. Amen. God is good. I want to open up in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5. We're not going to stay there. We never usually stay at one place, uh, but Romans chapter number 5, and I want to go to uh, starting in verse number 1. And verse number two, Romans chapter number five, verses one and two. 
It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so just talking about uh, justification uh, by faith and the fact that we have peace with God uh, should be enough. But that's not it. Verse number two, by whom, talking about God, by whom um, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. What can we say about this grace? I do not believe, uh, as the same as we talk about the cross, and we talk about uh, the exceeding blessings of the cross, uh, that we cannot exhaust uh, the, the, the benefits that we have uh, in the cross through what Christ did for us on the cross. We cannot exhaust the benefits. Same thing can be said about grace. We cannot exhaust uh, the richness uh, and the grandeur of grace and what grace has done for us. Grace was God's response to sin. You go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, to the Garden of Eden, and you see Adam and Eve, and you we know the story of what happened in the garden, how Adam and Eve, uh, they sinned uh, against the Lord. But what was God's response? God's response. It, it, it was not anger. It was not anger. Yes, he had to put some things in place, okay? Uh, and he said a curse, uh, and he told them what would happen if they would, uh, if they did what they did. Yes, all of that took place. But what did he do? He immediately, he ushers them. He, 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 they, they cannot stay in the garden. Was that an act of anger? No, that was an act of love. Sending Adam and Eve out of the garden was an act of love, an act of grace. It was an act of protection to keep them out of the garden. Amen. But now, God's response, once again, through what Adam and Eve did, was grace. I will send. I will send my son. And we see the great proto-evangelium, uh, the first gospel in uh Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. And once again, that first prophecy concerning the coming uh, of uh, Jesus Christ. And so that was God's response to sin. It was grace. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, that's grace that God sent Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we cannot exhaust what this grace has done. We cannot exhaust just the power and the measure of his grace. Amen. We, we can never do it properly while we are here. And we'll still be in eternity, still uh, still wondering about the, the grandeur of his grace. Amen. But now it says here, this faith, we have access by uh, faith into this grace wherein we stand. We stand in grace. And not only, not only do we stand in grace, once again, talking about our position. That's our position. We are standing in grace. But not only are we standing in grace, 
Scripture says in Romans chapter 6 and, and verse number 14 that we are under grace. We are under grace. We are no longer under law, but under grace. We're going to approach uh, that subject a little later on uh, in our series. But we are now under grace at the same time as we are standing in uh, grace. That is our position. We are positioned in grace. And being in grace uh, means uh, several things. It, it means it means several things. Once again, grace is going to endure. Grace is going to endure. And grace, grace is going to uh, empower us. And we're going to learn. Also, we're going to talk about how grace teaches us. Amen. We've already talked about a little bit how grace protects us. Uh, but this grace wherein we stand is so vast uh, and so rich. Uh, the fact is, uh, the fact is that when it concerns grace, the fact that we are standing, the fact that we are standing in his grace means that we have access to the throne of all grace so that the God of all grace can pour upon us the riches of his grace. That's just a part of what it's all about, standing in his grace, amen? And so we are blessed, we are blessed above measure when it comes to this grace wherein uh, we stand. Several things, several things come to mind when we talk about standing in grace, when we think about the fact that we are standing in grace. Several things come to mind, amen? God bless you, Tracy T. Several things come to mind. The fact that we are standing in grace, and we've already we've already talked about it just a bit when we said we're no longer under law. The fact that we are standing in grace means that I do not have to perform. I do not have to perform. That that's not the Christian life. The Christian life. What happens many times uh, in the Christian life? We come in. We come into this grace. Uh, we come into this grace. By grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift, it is the gift of God, not of works, uh, so that no one can boast. And so we come into, we come into this grace by faith, and then something happens. We come in by grace, and then we proceed on a regimen of law and works, trying to trying to gain some sort of righteousness, some trying to gain some type of holiness by doing more. You see, we don't have to perform. We are, we are under grace. We don't have to perform anymore. I don't have to work harder. I don't have to do more for him to love me better or love me more or approve of me. I don't, I don't have to do that. Grace has taken care of that. God looks at me through the grace that has been poured upon us through the giving of his son. Amen. And we no longer have to perform. Amen. The second thing, the second thing uh, that comes to mind when I think about the fact that we are standing in this grace is I do not have to earn his love. Once again, that has to do with a, a works-based righteousness. The more that I do, the better I feel, the better God feels. No, that, that's, that's a work-based righteousness. And that is religion. That is religion. And that is never going to benefit me. 
and is not going to benefit God. God, of course, God is going to call out uh, that type of behavior. Read the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number uh, 3. Let me go to Galatians chapter number 3. Didn't know I was going to go there, but let me go to Galatians uh, chapter number 3. Galatians 3. Galatians, uh, I, I believe it's Galatians 3. Yes, Galatians 3. And starting in verse number two, this is this is Paul the apostle speaking to the Galatians, speaking to the Galatian Christians who were being wooed and who were being uh, told by the Judaizers that they needed to come back into the law to make their to make their life in Christ uh, even more powerful. Verse number two, Galatians three and two. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you get saved? How, how did you get saved? He, he's asking the Galatians, how did you get saved? Because of all the work you did? Be, because of keeping the law? Is that how you got saved? Or was it by the hearing of faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How did you come in? Verse number three, are you so foolish, he says, Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You came in by the spirit. You came in by grace through faith. And so now how are you going to proceed? Are you now going to uh, proceed via the flesh? That is the keeping of works, going back to the law, trying to do more? No, no. We stand in grace. What does scripture say very clearly? We walk by uh, we walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. In the book of Colossians, chapter number two. Colossians chapter number two, uh, verse number six. Let me find Colossians real quick. Colossians chapter number two and verse number six. As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, it says, so walk ye in him. The same way you got saved is the same way you stay in Christ. And that is by faith, by grace through faith. That's how we live this life. We don't go back into the law. So when we talk about standing in grace, it means that I don't have to earn. I don't have to earn uh, my life in Christ. I don't have to earn his love. Amen. I, I cannot do that. Amen. I am already in grace and I'm already under grace. Amen. The third thing that's important to remember when you talk about the fact that we are standing in grace is that I now, that we now have access. We have access to God. Continual, perpetual access to God. Hebrews. Uh, chapter number uh, four, Hebrews chapter number four, very familiar portion of scripture, Hebrews chapter four and verse number 16, let us, let us therefore come boldly, that's how we should come, we don't have to come with our tail between our legs, we don't have to come uh, in, a, in a sad sack sort of way, listen, we need to come boldly. It says, come boldly unto the throne of grace. We come boldly to the throne of grace with no reservations. 
we come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. It's the throne of grace. And so what will you find at the throne of grace? You're going to find grace. Grace to help in time of need. Amen? And so that's how we need to come uh, to the Lord. Standing in grace gives me continual access to the throne of grace. The door is open. The door has been swung wide open. The moment that Jesus died on the cross... The moment that Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was rent, was torn in two. Amen? And once the veil in the temple was torn in two, that gave me access. That's what that signifies. We now have access. You don't have to go and run and tell the priest your problem. Uh, the immediate context was that no longer did the priest need to go behind that veil uh, to... Uh, to atone for the sins of the people and himself? No. Now we had access, direct access to God through Christ, and we need to come boldly. Amen? And so standing in grace gives us that access, and that's so that's so very uh, powerful uh, when we understand that. Amen? Next, what we need to understand is from 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 8. 2 Corinthians Chapter number 9 uh, and verse uh, number 8. Let me read this first. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. What that tells me is that because I'm standing in grace, it tells me that I am rich. Rich. No, not materially. No, 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 not not financially. No, no, no. That that's not that's not the type of richness I'm talking about. I am rich. Look what it says. It says here that God is able to make all grace abound uh, toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. He is going to establish me. He is going to equip me. He is going to encourage me. He is going to enable me to do all that I need to do. All that he has called us to do, he will give us uh, grace to be able to do what he has called us to do. Amen. He is able to make all grace abound. Oh yes, I'm rich. I'm rich because I'm standing in, I'm standing in his grace. Amen. Standing in his grace. It's such a it's such a powerful notion. It's such a powerful thought, powerful thought when we understand that we are standing in his grace. Amen. Standing in his grace. Finally, because I am standing in his grace, it means that I have a right and I have an obligation to praise him. I have a right and I have a reason and I have an obligation to praise him. Look at what he has done. Where would you be? Where would I be without God's grace? Without God's grace, we, we, we are not here. We are not here. This, once again, this is what the cross has afforded us. His grace continues to flow. 
His grace continues to work in us. His grace continues to empower us. His grace continues to allow us to be who he has called us to be. His grace. Amen. His grace. When we begin trying to unpack, when we begin, when we begin uh, trying to reveal the vastness of his grace, we will always come up short. We will always come up short because there are things about his grace that we won't know, that we won't understand until we get to eternity. And even once we get to eternity, we'll still, we'll still be praising the Lord for what he has done for us. When we go to, when we go to 1 Timothy, I'm going to go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 12. And this is Paul. 1 Timothy chapter number 12 is Paul the apostle uh, giving us his, uh, his testimony uh, in, in short form. But his testimony that he gives here could be the testimony of each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. You can put your name there. You, you can put maybe what you did uh, right there. In, in short form, it is the testimony of each and every one of us before Christ. Let's hear what Paul has to say in 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and starting in verse number 12. He says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into ministry. Notice what he says there. He didn't say that he put himself in ministry. That's important to note. He didn't put himself in ministry. He didn't make himself a minister of the gospel. He had nothing to do with it. He says that God was faithful and put him in the ministry. Amen. Verse number 13, who was before, talking about his life before Christ, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor. And it says here that he was injurious. That means that he was insolent. He was, he was mean. He was angry. That could be said for any one of us. Any one of us. We, we were blasphemers. We said some horrible things back in the day. We were, uh, we were persecutors. We did some things that were not right. We treated other people not right. And it says here that he was injurious. He was angry, insolent. These are, these are characteristics that apply to each and every one of us at some point in our lives. He says, but, he says, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. You know, I can think back to so many different times uh, in my life before Christ. In, in, those, in those short 15 years, I, I can still remember things that I said, things that I did that were injurious, things that I did that were that were con that I can consider, like Paul, uh, blaspheming, uh, things that I can consider uh, uh, persecuting. I, I, I did some bad things in 15 years, okay? Other people got saved maybe, maybe when they were a lot older and maybe they did a lot, uh, a lot more things, uh, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you, you sinned. It doesn't matter if one sin, uh, somebody was uh, uh, saved uh, for more years. All of that doesn't matter. All of that doesn't matter. The fact is that we were all out of Christ. Out of Christ. And it's by God's grace that he saves us when he saves us. Amen. He goes on in verse number 14. 14. 
He says, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. That phrase, exceeding abundant, is a phrase that literally means it was super abounding. Super, that word exceeding is super, is the word super. It was super abounding, he says, uh, with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Super abounding grace. What can we say about this grace? And he goes on, he caps off his testimony with this faithful saying, and worthy of all expect, acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. That's Paul. That's Paul's summation of his life before Christ. He was the chief of sinners. He was a blasphemer. He was injurious, and he was a persecutor. There we are. There we all are. But by the exceeding, by the super abounding grace that is only in him, he's called us out. Amen. He has called us out. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. For ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How did he do that? By his grace. He did it by his grace. He did, Once again, he didn't, he didn't respond to our sin with anger. Now, we need not to get the, the notion that the, because he didn't respond to our sin with anger, it do, does not mean that he gave us license to sin. No, the Bible says that he commands all men everywhere now to repent. Amen? He has commanded all men everywhere now to repent. So we need to keep that in mind. There's no license to sin anywhere in Scripture. We, the command has gone out that all men repent. All men repent. But what he has done, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I believe we will find that Scripture in Romans uh, chapter 5 and verse number 8. But God commendeth, or he showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Once again, that was the response to our sin. He sent Christ to die for us while we were living our lives and doing our things and not thinking about the Lord at all, being uh, blasphemers and persecutors and, and, and treating people bad and, and, while we were doing all those things, Christ died for us so that we would not have to die in that state, so that we wouldn't have, wouldn't have to die in a state of sin. Rather, he died for us that we might be able to stand in grace. Hallelujah. We stand in his grace. Amen. So daily, daily, Lord, I bless your name. Lord, because of the cross, because of the cross, I stand in this grace.
because you died for me, I stand in this grace. Amen. And let me go back before we before we close. Let me go back to Romans uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse number 2. Because of what you did for me, I stand in this grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I want to go on here. Just before we close, I want to go on here. We're not going to expound on it. But I can't leave it out because it's a continuation of verse number two. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. We glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength, once again, he is grace, in the due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's Romans 5, 8 all over again. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. They go together. But once again, it's by grace. It's by grace. And so we bless him. We thank him. We honor him because of this grace wherein we stand. And throughout the month, for the next several weeks, we're going to be, uh, we're going to focus in. We're going to focus in on this grace and just how powerful this grace is. Amen. How God has shown his grace throughout the ages to his people how God continues to show his grace to his saints today. Amen. We're going to be looking at grace, grace, God's grace. It abounds. Listen, the words that go forth concerning grace are several. Of course, uh, we, we know uh, grace is relentless. The Bible says that grace is sufficient. We've talked about the abounding grace. And of course, we know that grace is, as the song says, it is amazing amen it is amazing and we're going to be talking about various aspects of grace and so we pray that you'll be able to join us uh, as we continue talking about grace throughout this month open up this year we want to open up this year with a fresh look at god's grace to us god's grace is able to abound in us and it does it does but God's grace is able to continually abound in we, his people. Amen. So, Lord, we bless your name today. And we thank you once again for allowing us this opportunity uh, to open up your word. Lord, we uh, Lord, we are blown away, literally blown away by your grace. Lord, what would we do? Where would we be uh, without your grace? So, Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done for us. And Lord, we pray that as your grace continues to work in us, Lord, that we will become ever more gracious and ever more grateful for who you are and what you have done. All of this is made possible by your sacrifice for us on the cross. So Lord, we honor you, we bless you, we thank you for all things. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. God is good. Good. Amen. 
As always, I want to invite you to be with us as we open up another year, open up another year of ministry. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, we will continue in Matthew chapter number 24, amen, looking at uh, looking at a prophecy uh, through the eyes of Christ as he as he begins to, as he makes his way uh, toward Jerusalem, amen, he stopped to give uh, his disciples uh, an outline of what would happen um, in the latter times, which we are living in today, amen. Uh, so join us as we continue, as we go back into Matthew chapter number 24 tomorrow night, amen, at 7 o'clock p.m., amen. Tuesday night. Here on the Bible Speaks Live, the uh, Hot Topic Tuesday, we've begun to call it a little bit. Uh, join us as we uh, get ready for our our dive into spiritual growth. Uh, and we are going to uh, kick off uh, our year uh, in the Bible Speaks Live uh, with a session on Bible study. And the reason why, the reason why we need to study God's word, the reasons why we need to study uh, God's word, amen? And so once again, it's a precursor uh, to what we're going to be talking about uh, beginning on Wednesday night uh, in the first principles of the Christian life as we kick off uh, our year uh, with an intense and in-depth study of spiritual growth, amen, and the need for spiritual growth in the Christian life, amen? So join us if you can. Uh, that's at 8 o'clock, respectively, on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Amen. So we honor the Lord and bless him and thank him. Once again, it's always forward. God's word tells us to go forward. Amen. One step at a time. Move forward in his name. And so we honor him and we bless him and we pray uh, that you uh, will also be a part of what we do here simply by, once again, opening up God's word and studying it for all it's worth. We pray that you'll be able to join us once again. Uh, and we just thank the Lord for each and every one of you. Amen. So with that, I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to join us tomorrow night. If you're able, we're here at 7 o'clock with the Line by Line podcast, Matthew chapter number 24. Looking forward to it. Until then, we will see you. Have a great day. Have a great rest of the day. And God bless you.
Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Allergen in June 2021, cool sculpting leads FDA clear to visible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling.